No, his mic's pretty strongly directional. Like you have to be like like here, extend yeah. over here. Yeah. Everybody, we're back at the far bar, yes. and it's Friday at our new location, my house, <laughs> my garage. It's pretty good. It's looks not all bad. right. It looks clean. No, it's we gotta clean more. Side. We gotta do a lot more cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> and you see, we push everything behind the camera. It's all good. Whatever, we'll clean it up. <clears throat> Once again, my name is Rich D, and today at the far bar, straight across, half a day. This Uncle Dono, Guam John is MIA. Vince T, he bailed on us last minute. Yeah. Sad. Yeah, you're sad. <laughs> he said he's going to be watching, but I doubt it. He's probably getting drunk. Anyway, today at the Par Bar, we got special guests, and I will let them say their own names because I don't want to mess anyone's name up. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say Angela's name, and I was like, no, that looks too much like uh, another word for tomorrow. So I was like, I'm going to sit here and say it. So. so, but to my right, let's start with Shanti. Did I say that right? Yep. Uh, your last name? Asher. Oh, Asher. Yeah, that's yeah. easy. That's an easy one. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not too Pacific Islandish, I guess. Is it? Not very. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and to her right, Angela. Mm -hmm. uh, last name. Deegan. Deegan. See, I was going to say another word. It was going to sound like Deegan. <laughs> and to her right. I'm Ken Nollett. Ken, how do you say last name? Nollett. Nollett? Rhymes with wallet. Oh, okay. I was going to say mullet. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a popular one. I used to have a bullet. Did you really? Yeah, oh, no, like, but not, not anymore. <laughs> oh, man, that would have been cool. Uh, I told my wife that I always wanted to get a mullet just for uh, one family picture. Just because I think that's cool to have a mullet in your family picture. <laughs> oh, it is. When their kids are young, they're like, Dad, why'd you have a mullet? I was like, just for you guys. Yeah, it was just awesome. Like, yeah, hang it on the wall. <laughs> but anyway, they're here from San Diego 350. Yes. Uh, representing uh, climate change and action. Mm -hmm. Correct? Um... We met them at uh, PIFA this year, uh, but I think you met, you actually walked up with Vince and Jonathan. Yes, uh, one of our volunteers, John Michno, he, um, he uh, went around different booths and okay. he met you guys, he talked to Vince and then he brought me over to meet Vince. So okay. it's thanks to John that we're actually here today. Awesome, does John uh, work here currently in San Diego as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He actually uh, volunteered. Well, he he works part time for San Diego 350. We have gotcha. a few part time employees. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or contractors, it. I should say. <laughs> so yeah, they came. They were there at uh, PIFA, um, and you guys, San Diego 350, has been there a couple years. Not it wasn't this your first is our year. Second year there. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's uh, you guys get a nonprofit booth over there on the other side, the information booths. Yeah, yeah. So the last like a, two years we've been on the, as you're facing the stage, we've been on the left side of the stage. Right, Next right. to the police and yeah. Uh, yeah. the other, um, south, was it southwest? And now the par bar. Yeah, yeah, we're over there, <laughs> we're over there too. If they put us like right next yeah, to the stage. Yeah, they're with the cool people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. It's cool. They can't really see us, but I mean, yeah, it's free. What are you going to do? Um, but we, we, uh, we brought uh, 350 here uh, to talk about climate change and uh, kind of like why that's important for um, Pacific Island community 
not that, actually you know that's just important in, as a world scale right? right it's not just the Pacific Island community because it's, it's a it affects the world um, so I'll let Angela uh, kind of lead guide guide us into this um, and then we're going to introduce also the other uh, speakers uh, Ken and Shanti and uh, take it away Angela okay well um, thank you so much for this opportunity first of all we're really excited about it and um, this is actually our first ever podcast of San Diego 350 um, that we've given so um, yeah, so I've been involved with San Diego 350 uh, since the year 2011. That's when it was founded. And um, I think, Ken, do you want to explain the 350 part? You'll probably uh, explain that I, I, when, I, I when you get to it. I certainly will get to it. Okay. Get to it, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've been around, like I said, since 2011. We became a nonprofit in 2014. And I think probably the best thing to do is for me to read from our... Uh, mission statement that probably gives you the best idea of what we're all about. So we're an inclusive volunteer organization devoted to inspiring a movement to prevent the worst impacts of climate change and climate injustice. We strive to create a future that supports a livable planet and a just society through education and outreach, public policy advocacy, and mobilizing people to take action. Um, of course, that encompasses a lot of things, and I can get into that more later. But right. um, so, uh, yeah, that's, that's in a nutshell what we're all about. Um, I, myself, I have like a regular day job. I do, do this on a volunteer basis. Oh, and, wow. um, yeah, most of our, most of our, you know, most active people are doing this on a volunteer basis. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that speaks volumes because anything you do voluntarily and you put that much time into, I mean, that means you actually care. Cause I mean, we, I do uh, dance instructing for a bunch of kids and we don't get paid for it. You know, like, but I wake up tomorrow morning, I wake up at nine o'clock to me go see the little <laughs> punks, you know, and then there might be like 12 of them there, but sometimes there's 60 of them and it's like, all right, well, I guess I got 12 students today. Well, that's just what you do. How, and you've been together since there, since the beginning in 2011? I'm actually not, I don't consider myself a founding member because the original event that we formed out of was um, put on by um, some people who already knew each other here in San Diego. Okay. Some of them were, you know, experienced activists and um, so they uh, this international group 350.org um, they have these uh, international and national days of action and they were having one in Balboa Park in September okay. 2011 and so these locals um, they decided oh we want to put one on here in San Diego so it was called moving uh, San Diego to a clean energy future okay. so they organized this rally I think there were a couple of hundred people at it and I attended that rally and I met some of the folks there and gotcha. so at, they felt the rally was such a success that they you know they thought well we worked well together we want to continue working together so out of that um they, they started meeting um on a fairly regular basis and you know deciding you know sort of getting those foundational things yeah, yeah. underway and uh deciding that we would be called san diego 350 took us a while to land on a name but uh yeah. since we kind of you know formed out of that original event that was a 350.org day of action it seemed you know fitting that we would call ourselves uh oh, nice. san diego 350 that's awesome so, um, um get asked uh, this is probably a personal question are you you're not from san diego right no i'm not i'm from ireland okay. dublin, dublin ireland yeah i, I was like i'm like is that an irish accent I'm like, yeah. did I'm you like, bring a bottle of jameson with you <laughs> <laughs> okay that's awesome i just i i, I was like i was like well, that's not a san diego accent no it's right. not i was like it's not canadian <laughs> Okay, that's awesome. That was just a... Yeah, I've been life. in San Diego since 1999. I've been in the States since 1996. Oh, wow. Yeah, I go back to Ireland annually to refresh my accent. <laughs> nice, that's awesome. 
So, um, um, so did you want to uh, jump over to Ken, or do you want? Yeah, we can jump over to Ken right now. I think. Jump over to Ken. Okay. Um, so, do uh, you want me to just sort of launch into the what well, we're about, or I mean, you're, just sort of talk about how I got involved and yeah, yeah. how you got involved with, and then yeah. I guess the three fifty part. Well, so I'm so I'm I'm pretty new to San Diego. I just moved here about two years ago. I'm a professor at San Diego State in the in the physics department. Oh wow. Um, so, uh, you know, I was looking for something to get involved with in the community and climate change, I think, is really the big challenge for humanity right now. Just okay. like like for all of us everywhere on the planet, like it is the thing that has to yes. be solved now. Okay. Um, I, uh, you know, it's something I kind of followed, like not super closely because it's, it's not really my field of science, right? I'm, I'm a physicist. I mostly work on um, like sort of how stars work and how the Big Bang works and how that, um, how that depends on the properties of atoms. Right. Um, so my... You know, my day job is 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 doing that kind of stuff and, and teaching students physics. But about ten years ago, um, I was uh, I was sort of having an argument with an older guy where I used to work. And you know, if, if you because there are people that, that that claim that that climate change isn't a big deal, okay, right? And yeah. so there's usually like some like kernel of truth to what the, to what they're talking about, but it's only a kernel, and they've they've sort of misapplied some science. Um, and so I got curious about that and just like went and did some reading and, you know, I discovered that, um, that, you know, so when people do that, when people try to predict what's going to happen, um, with climate change, they have these gigantic computer models that are very complicated and you're trying to understand the data of like, you know, how, how much warming do we see? How much sea level rise do we see? That all looks super complicated. Right. And what I discovered when I, when I dug into it was that like the basics of it is not that hard, not that complicated that like I, I can do a back of the envelope calculation that says that we're we're in for enough you know if we keep going we're in for enough warming that it's really gonna really disrupt things you know okay. sea level rise and changes where crops can grow and because you're and doing it's not like a complicated the, you're thing. doing like the math that's just saying well, this is all is adding up to this yeah yeah you're adding up to yeah. this so it's right so it's, so, it's, so it's a little so it's a little bit of physics and so physics is all sort of is sort of framed in the language of mathematics if you want to right. want to make precise predictions in physics there's like a calculation that you do right and so you know if you want to do the full correct calculation well no one can do that you want to do something that kind of approximates that this takes gigantic computers. Mm -hmm. um, but if you just kind of want to figure out, okay, like, you know, how, like roughly how much temperature change should there be from the amount of carbon that people put in the atmosphere, um, that's not too bad. I can work through that in about half an hour and get a, and get kind of a scary number. Okay. That's not, yeah. that's not uh, really, the way Kami said, yeah, like that's a really scary number. It's just, yeah. It's just how it is. No, it's just, it, it it's is all physics, though. baby. It, it's all math. <laughs> it's a really scary number. Yeah. I mean, because, I mean, I don't know, like, and you, that's the way you said, um, there's people who say it's not really a big deal, right? Yeah. And so building up to this, because like, like I said, I'm not a scientist. I don't really know. So I just been watching like a bunch of things, different things. Yeah. And there's, I've seen the, you know, the other side of it where people say, well, it's not a big deal. And these are, this is what you're taking into account. And, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I mean, I know I'm only 35, but, uh. I ain't never seen no hurricanes like what I've been seeing lately. This shit's crazy. Yeah. Like, and the way that, like, tidal waves come in and, like, well, I haven't seen any earthquakes in California, which, you know, knock on wood. But, yeah, yeah well, you know, we're having bigger tsunamis and stuff now. Big, we're having a lot of bigger storms, I think. Well, I, I, I've, been, I've been noticing it. I watched Chasing, you know, from Chasing Coral. I don't know if you guys watched that on Netflix. I've heard of it. But yeah. I haven't, I haven't it's a, I mean, just the, the, the way that, you know, the coral reefs have been, you know, Dying Plentiful, off right? And yeah, and they're just dying yeah. off. And it's like, what the heck? Because that affects, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. something I can correlate 
yeah. climate change too. I just try to correlate something I can relate to. Yeah. You know, and that's just how I. Yeah, and that and that one, I don't think anyone really knows why it's happening, but climate change is is a, is might be one reason. Yeah, I mean, it has to, I mean, it has to be something yeah. like that. At least that's why I connected to. Yeah. Um, so what made you jump down to San Diego? This is just uh, my personal question. Oh, yeah. So this is, um, I, you know, I'm in this weird specialized line of work where I get to spend my time thinking about, you know, what, what was the universe like when it was one second old? Mm -hmm. And so I just like, you know, when I'm not actually teaching, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing this very sort of specialized research. Okay. And so, you know, it's one of these things like not very many people get to do that. And so it's, it's a little bit like the NBA, right? Like not many people get to do that. And you come out of college and you play center, and there's some there's some team that has a good draft pick that needs a center, and so you know you're moving to Cleveland, or, or you're lucky if you're moving to Cleveland, right? Or, you know, like you know you're moving to you're moving to Sacramento or something, right? So yeah. so it's just sort of I, I'm here because there was a good job here, and and uh, nice. for some reason they saw fit to hire me. And how you like San Diego so far? Oh, it's 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 nice. It you're was. Like uh, <laughs> Yeah. Like, the climate doesn't really change here, does it? Oh, actually, it, it's, uh, well, it's, uh, actually, I, I, I would say there's more seasons here than, so I, I lived in L.A. for a while. Oh. And I'd say there's, there's well, more seasons bad. here than there is, or at least I was, you know, well, I was, you know, I was up by Pasadena, but, uh, Alhambra. Okay. But, you know, I would say there's more seasons here than there was there. It's, yeah. You know, there's, you know, you kind of got the cloudy thing in May and June, and then, like, the super hot thing in, in August and September, oh, yeah. and then, like, some rain in, in June, in, yeah. in January. And so, like, there's seasons, but I'm never, like, outside trying to scrape the ice off my windshield <laughs> yeah. or trying to dig, trying to shovel the snow out of a parking spot. Yeah. So, and I yeah. like the, you know, the, the, the hiking here, you know, I, I lived in Chicago oh, okay. a long, lived in Chicago a long time and I think there's hiking trails there, but they're pretty flat, right? If you want to get to mountains right. or deserts, you got to get in the car and drive two days. Yeah. Uh, here I get in the car and half an hour later, I'm on some trail somewhere. Yeah. It was like Cal's um, mountain. Like exactly. 15 minutes. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. I, uh, I don't know, probably didn't hear the podcast, but I'm not a big fan of LA. It's yeah. just not a, I hate the traffic. Yeah, it's uh, L you can L see yeah, the LA smog a, as you drive in. Yeah, LA is a tough note. I got, I got, I got, I got mixed feelings about LA. Yeah, but it's well, a, it's it's a tough place to adjust to. Screw the thing. Chargers, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> no, a side I, note. I think the only thing that hurts me about LA, man, is uh, the traffic. That's it. Yeah, I love yeah. I love LA just because of the low riding and the scenery. Man's crazy out there. Whatever. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Hey, they got the uh, what do you call that? The Walk of Stars. Oh yeah. What is it? Yeah. yeah. Walk of Fame. Yeah. yeah, Walk of Fame. They don't got that down here, dude. They got it in Vegas. They don't got it down here. Yeah. You just need to watch where you're going, or you're gonna get run over by right. a car. Yeah. No, that's, that's <laughs> it. They just got too many people up there. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Too many cars. Um. So, Shanti. Yes. Asher. What kind of, what's the last, what kind of last name is Asher, by the way? Well, I'm going to have to ask my husband. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, what's your, what's your well, maiden I need, name? I need to have an explanation of that last name so I can be in a better position to talk about it. I'm just going to go with... Uh, my last, my maiden, uh, my maiden name is Sigra. Okay. Have you heard about that last no. name? Okay. I'm assuming you didn't really live in Guam that long. I, that, Noel lived in Guam. Yeah. yeah. Well, what is it? Sigra. Seagram? Sigra. Sigra. Yes. Never heard of it. All right. How long have you lived in Guam? I lived in Guam for 11 years. All right. Yeah, because there are some, you know, like in the islands, we, there's, there is that similarity about, you know, I, I'm from this family. So, right. yeah, we usually speak by, by family. If you know someone, most likely that person knows yes, another person. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. But... <clears throat> Coming back to, uh, I'm I'm from Koshai. My mom uh -huh. is my dad is from Koshai. My mom is from Ponape. 
I, um, so I'm half. Uh, I moved here with my family. Um, we're here almost three years now. I'm a law student. And uh, the reason why I'm sitting here, which I'm very privileged to sit here amongst these very respected people uh, that are doing a lot for us Islanders. Um, yes. I always honor people that volunteer for climate change because for them, it may be for the foreseeable future. For us, it's now. now. It's right. now. Right. So uh, I'm going to be like the other extreme of Ken's work because I'm going to speak from not a science perspective, but from an Islander's perspective. And when we, uh, a lot of our people, when they go to forests to talk about climate change, we don't pull up numbers, you know, and say, okay, according to science, this is what's happening around the world. We say, we are the science. We see it. We wake up to yeah. it every morning. Yeah. Yes. So, um, with Islanders, we're not like scientists or whatnot, but because we wake up and we see it on a daily basis, yeah. we we really are not appearing in front of global fora to talk about numbers mm -hmm. and science. We are just there to say, you know what, this is my reality today. Yeah. Right. So, um, what um, like they were mentioning it earlier, this is for us. It is a we're trying to survive. Like yeah. our, I, I was born and I was raised in the islands and I see it. You know, uh, when I was growing up, I'm 36 now and I see the difference. Like my dad used to, they used to play, have you guys like used the, the yellow tennis ball and you're playing, uh, you're playing softball or whatever, baseball with it? No. no. <laughs> Kick the coconut? <laughs> but... Uh, they play on the beaches, yeah. but now they're gone. Those beaches are gone because um, sea level has risen. And the other thing I think um, from, from an islander's uh, language, we say that our islands are sinking because mm -hmm. that carries more weight. And uh, it triggers like an urgency rather than saying, you know, the water is, is rising. It is sinking. Our islands are literally just sinking. And we wake up and we see it every morning. Um, there are so many efforts that are done um, on the Pacific Islands. And they talk about um, a lot of the efforts are really... It, there is a project, a big project. I believe it's uh, a regional effort that starts. It's called Rich to Reef. Mm -hmm. So from the rich all the way to the reefs. Mm. And these are efforts that because... When you addressed reefs earlier, it's acidification. When the, the world is getting warmer and there's more um, uh, gar carbon emission, then these, these becomes like, it's, it's, it becomes acidification in our water. So these reefs are like the only um, home for the fish that we yeah. rely on right. as islanders. So there's, there, it, it, it has so many heads. Uh, people are, while we are trying to develop economically, we're trying to survive at the same time. So um, they're doing a lot of efforts to, like there is a project I want to highlight uh, that is done by one of the um, regional organization that does uh, experiments to see uh, how, which crops are salt water tolerant. 
So they, they've already identified some, which are like swamp taros. There are certain taros that can actually still grow, mm. even with salt. So these are some of the efforts that are like going on right now. And um, one of the issues is we don't have the financing for it. So all these advocates that are going to, you know, global um, conferences to voice, that's like one of our main source is our voice. Right. Because a lot of people, they sit there and they understand climate change from a different perspective, like right. hurricanes and all these things. But for for islanders, it's really uh, a matter of we are going, my kids are going to be climate change refugees very soon. Mm. So they go there and they try to tell the story so that other people can understand why many people are fighting for survival. Right. So um, I, I think... Those are like some of the things I wanted to highlight. Yeah, um, well, because I think it's different, right? Like when you put us in a, a number category and you're looking at us at numbers, then it's all different until you go there and you actually see the people that are affected by it. Then it makes it all the difference, right? Because when you have one person that's representing, I mean, what, you know, 23,000 people, then you're like, okay, well, you know, well, thank you for your five minutes. Can you please move on? But if those 23,000 people were there in front of you, then it's a big, it's a big difference, yeah. right? And then they can explain, like, I can't even fish right now because my, mm. my, the, fish, the fish holes that we used to have, they're, not, they're no longer there. We're all fishing from the same fish hole now. Yeah. Well, I, like, I just came back from Festpac, what was it, two years ago. And the beaches and, that I used to go to and stuff like that, I, I've seen it now also that where it used to be about, like, 50 yards long, you know, it's only about, like, 20 yards now. You know, or even 10 yards. We used to have big old parties out there. And now the water's all the way up, like, like where you pull over on the side of the road now. So what did you, know you say, I mean? like, when you when you went there, you're like, hey, man. I was freaking the, out. You're like, dude, no, the no, I, I noticed it right off the back. And then, you know, my, my friend John Anderson and John Huggin, they own some property down there in Mariso. Mm. And, like, I seen it, like, you can't even set up a canopy there no more. Mm. You know what I mean? And I'm like, dang. This, and, and then it just clicked in my head and I was like, global warming, you know? Yeah. That, and, and the way I put it is like, the stuff is melting up north and down south and water's rising, you know? And, and it's real. And we're watching documentaries today because I wanted to like follow up and stuff. Yeah. So I know a little bit what I'm talking about. And, and then I hit up a couple of my fishing buddies, and they were like, "Hey, man, you know, this, it's going to be a good thing that you guys are talking about today." Yeah. yeah. In fact, it's but, not um, even the it's not even the it's not even the ice in the north and south that's that's melting yet. This is just that the as the as the ocean water warms, it expands, and that's just expansion. Of the, right now, it's just expansion of the ocean right. water. When the ice starts melting, then it'll really go. Oh, oh man. But um, and this is just a question off of because um, we're talking about Pacific Islands, but how about Ireland? I mean, does Ireland how does Ireland get affected by the the changes? Um, well, I don't follow that very closely, but I have heard that um, the Gulf Stream, which has... So Ireland is actually pretty far north. It's about latitude 52. So it should be a much colder country than it actually is, but um, it's the moderating influence of the Gulf Stream. That, that's a warm water current that circulates in the Atlantic. That uh, moderates the, the temperature there, but they're, they're actually fearing now that that, that current is going to shut down because of uh, all these changes with, with climate change. And that could really impact the wow. climate in Ireland. I mean, you could see it yeah, going, getting all, a lot all, colder. All, all of Western Europe. Right? Yeah, all of Western Europe. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so it could be really serious. Yes. So when, um, 
because you're from the Marshall Islands, right? I'm from the Federated States of Micronesia. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Which is very close yeah. to Marshall yeah. Islands. And uh, Marshall Islands, and like we were talking about brief, briefly earlier, uh-huh. Marshall Islands and Kiribati, those are the atoll islands. So they're flat. Mm-hmm. Um, other islands are a bit more fortunate because they have mountains. Right. So uh, even when, like, uh, I think about back in April, if I remember correctly, there were heavy rains in Kushrai, my island. Okay. And so you have the water reaching people's, because, you know, we love living by the coast. You know, we there are a lot of uh, houses by the coastline. Mm. So these water, they, they rose and then they actually flooded houses. And because there's heavy rain and we don't really have the best drainage system, there right. are water from, from the rivers and lakes. So houses were being flooded inland and from the, the ocean. So there's like a lot of, um, there's, and I think one of the challenges also is our, um, when, when there are disasters like this, we're not really equipped and we don't really have the right. capacity and resources to respond. So these are all, um, there's just so many challenges that Pacific Island uh, countries are trying to tackle right now. So um, if you're kind of following climate change just recently, I think about last week, this is how Pacific is trying to really insert themselves to amplify their voice. Last About a week ago, uh, Fiji actually uh, presided over the climate change um the COP23, this is like a climate change uh, conference. It's global, at the global level. And these are some of the efforts that they're really trying to push because Pacific Island people, we're not, there is not, our population is not as much compared to the rest of the world. So our voices are very, we, they're not really heard until we come together Mm -hmm. and unite with other bigger countries. So these are some of the venues that they try to become a part of so that these stories can be heard. And then people, you know, like, I'm sure you heard about the Paris Agreement. These are all um, climate change efforts. So um, they're really like, I when I wrote the article on um, which I was actually um, given that opportunity by San Diego 350, it was really from a civil perspective, you know, because um, I'm sure there are a lot of government officials or even climate change advocates that that deserves this opportunity to mm-hmm. voice their concern, but all Pacific Islanders should speak yeah. where they can because these opportunities don't come often. Right. So when I've been asked to uh, share, while I don't know much about climate change, it's really from an observation point of view right, right. because we see it. So the numbers, yeah, we don't really know the numbers, but why do we need the numbers yeah. when it's right there? Yeah. So yeah, um, I I'm really grateful to be who here. Who was the one, uh, the guy who was a powerlifter in the Olympics, like uh, from the Kiribati? Mm. Like he was powerlifting. And he was, and the only reason why, well, he was a strong lifter, by the way, but he was also dancing after after every time he lifted, no matter if he he succeeded or he failed, mm. he was dancing, and it was only, and then he came on the news, and they asked him why he, why he was doing that. <laughs> And he was like, because I want to draw attention to my island's problems. Yeah, I think I saw that. And I was He's like, from Kiribati. Yeah, I was like, yeah. dude, that's all me. That's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, I was no, like, that's, that's really amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that he was using his platform, you know, like um, to, to draw attention to, to what the Yeah, because were for where us. is Kiribati? What is Kiribati? Yeah. Until you call attention, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. People like, will, uh, like everyone's asking where Guam was. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> we're not past this yet? <laughs> okay, we're going to get bombed. You guys don't know where we are? <laughs> That's another subject, but no. <laughs> that, that was frustrating. No, until they said that. Yeah. Then they everybody knew where we were yeah. at. Yeah, <laughs> everyone making jokes on TV. I was like, oh my gosh. And you know, one one thing I wanted to say as a Pacific Islander, uh, the, the ocean is a blessing to all of us. Yes. It's because it provides everything. It's the resource uh, for for many Pacific Islanders is the only economic uh, contribution to a lot of um, and food source and everything. So we didn't realize that one day it's going to be a threat yeah. to our survival. And um, like um, I kind of mentioned it briefly, as Pacific Islanders too, we're very religious. And when this subject is being addressed, there is that uh, sensitivity as well, because right. uh, believe it or not, some islanders are are saying that climate change doesn't exist and you can't believe it, but there are people yeah. that don't believe it because it's like questioning God's plans. Mm -hmm. That's really- right. but, It's a lot of our older folks too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Because it's they don't want to they don't they don't yes. believe it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, my grandfather, I'm not sure he believes it. They're like, no, my coconut tree's still there. Yeah, my <laughs> yeah but tree. it's under, like, 10 feet of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, it, it is a very difficult uh, thing, uh, issue to talk about with our elders. Right. But the thing is, uh, it's I, our time, I, I mentioned it uh, on the article that, you know, climate change is about going, referring back to what God has given us from renewable energy, the sun, the water, right. these are what he has given us to use, but because of our um, lack of care, <laughs> you know, uh, it all this human activities has caused this problem. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's one area that is worth, um, you know, um, navigating because it is difficult. It, it is, a, a, as people from the Pacific, we've been uh, raised with some values and uh, not to question, right. you know, plans and yeah. so. Not talk back. <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially uh, that. So let me ask this for Angela or Ken or I mean, anybody. Um, because what if it's not just, I mean, obviously it's not just fossil fuels, right? I mean, there's a lot more people living on the earth nowadays. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more other things that we're doing that contribute to, I guess, the climate change, right? So I would say climate change is pretty much is pretty much entirely carbon emissions. It, it okay. really is. It really is just we're burning stuff, and uh, so we're putting carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, and uh, that's that's really what's driving climate change. A little bit of a little bit of like methane that gets released when people uh, produce oil, mm -hmm. but it's, uh, it's and it's animal agriculture. Yeah, and, 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 and animal agriculture. Yeah. What is what much. is that? So methane. No, um, animal, animal agriculture. Said, yeah. Well, essentially, um, there's methane from the, the raising of cattle. Oh, cattle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, essentially, know. it's cow burps and farts. Yeah. <laughs> there's no other way to put it. Right. Um, Dang, so bubble. if we can all, <laughs> if we could all eat less um, meat and dairy, we'd mm. be in a better position. Especially, well. apparently, especially apparently, uh, lamb yeah, and beef. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to quit beef. Yeah. Good luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I still I love did. fishing. I did for uh, I did. I went uh, pescatarian for two months, but now I can't put on weight. I'm having the opposite problem. I'm down to like 186. That doesn't sound like a problem. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I like to be bigger. Well, you got eight. I, like <laughs> I know, right? I, I like to be bigger. Personally, I like to be bigger. Um, and now I'm just like I can't put keep my weight on. So now I'm like, uh, you can take some of my weight, dude. I just heard my ankles already. <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's talk a little bit about how we try to solve this. Okay. If um, 
if there's like solutions that we can do, I guess one one would be stop eating beef. Yeah, yeah or right? even you don't have to necessarily cut out meat altogether, but yeah. you know, yeah, try to start cutting it down. <laughs> but I love ribeye steaks. I come from I come from a cat, come from a family of cattle ranchers. If I if no I no way if, really if I, if I cut out beef entirely if I if I cut out beef entirely never mind disowning I, 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 I would feel myself like a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we feel the same way. <laughs> Where, where's your family originally from? Uh, along, right along the border between North, uh, between South Dakota and Nebraska. Oh, wait, really? So, my, yeah. my stepdad's from Nebraska. Okay. Yeah, and Colby, Kansas. Yeah. Well, so. I got an idea. I think we can make like fart filter bags or something. <laughs> They're actually yeah. um, starting to make meat in the labs now. I don't know if you've heard about that. I mean, it'll take a while before the cost comes down, but they're apparently wow. they're making some good progress. You know, oh, having yeah. it taste like the real things too. Oh so. yeah. What, whoa. I will not eat I don't that. know. I'm not an expert it on does it. Not sound, it doesn't even sound right. Well, if what somebody if put know? it in, yeah, what we if didn't, you didn't know. know. Hold on, because you're just uh, eating a computer right now. <laughs> <laughs> I made that in my backyard. That's somebody's recycled. <laughs> I could I couldn't do it. So your your family was were, were farmers or they yeah yeah so I'm, I'm you know my uh, so my father's family uh, on both sides were some of the original homesteaders in 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 North Central Nebraska. Wow. And uh, and you were like, Dad, you know what? I'm doing physics. So I don't want to do a cattle ranch. Yeah. Well, my you know my. <laughs> My, my, you know, my, well, my dad had a hundred first cousins, like I think counting him and his, and his brothers and sister. So, you know, some of the, you know, the, some of them stayed on the farm and others went to town. So my, my, my dad moved to town. So I, I grew up, I grew up in town. And oh, so, okay. you know, I was the, you know, the, the, my, the relatives that lived on the farm considered me the city slicker. Cause I was, I was from the isolated town of 3000 people. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But there was, you know, the, the, but you know, the family, the family ranch was still out there. Uh, it was just sold. It was just sold about a year ago. I had really? the one, the one uncle who was still out there, never had kids. And he's, he got old enough to where he couldn't take care of himself anymore. And, and, uh, wow. so the, so the land was just sold last year. Wow. That's, a, that's, I mean, that's just an amazing backstory. I mean, I, I like that. Um, sorry, we were, we were talking about the solutions. Yeah. The solutions yeah, to yeah. Um, what but, we can but do. But since you mentioned Nebraska, yeah. I wanted to mention about the Keystone XL pipeline. And um, oh, that's actually yes. something that we... I just that saw we, that. It's leaking. Yeah. Like it, it yeah, there was a leak. Um, well, the other, the other two one. Yeah. 200,000 gallons, I think. 200,000 gallons. In, in Nebraska, yeah. I believe. Uh, nor, nor, uh, northeastern South Dakota. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But, oh yeah, I know what it is. It's the Nebraska, isn't it? Nebraska, well, so, some so, commission well, in Nebraska well, is going to decide on the fate of the Keystone XL pipeline. Yeah, so there's, right, so there, there have been two of these pipelines that have been in the news the last, like, five, right. ten years. Right. So there's the Keystone XL pipeline, which is this gigantic pipeline to take... Uh, uh, to take oil from the tar sands in Canada down to the Gulf Coast, where there are refineries, ultimately. Okay. Um, and so that's been that's been talked about for more than more than a dozen years. Um, and uh, the the Obama administration blocked it from going ahead, and now the Trump administration is trying to push it forward again. But there was also last year there was the Dakota Access Pipeline. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, which is an ugly, like, well, anyway. The, so, there, so this was to bring this was to bring oil out of western North Dakota into uh, you know down to refineries in like Illinois, and um, so this was one that was almost completely built last year, and there was this big camp uh, by the Indian Reservation, mm -hmm. by right, the Standing right, Rock right, Indian right. Reservation. Mm -hmm. um, so finally, that that went through. Like they they finally built the last part of that in March. The oil right. started going through it in April, and it's owned by the same company that's trying to build the the Keystone XL. 
But this other one that already exists that they just started on, it, right. like this last week, it had this big leak. Yeah, and, and, and gallons, yeah, right? and, ne and next week, they're supposed to have this permitting hearing to, to decide whether the, the XL pipeline is going to be able to go through Nebraska. So, so, it's a, so it's an embarrassing thing, right? The company is saying, oh, this is safe. Yeah. And uh, and here yeah, it is. This this, this pipeline they just built last year already has yeah. a spill. That's nuts. I also heard um, there's this um, move to um, some very clever person came up with this idea of building solar panel panels in the in the path of where the Keystone XL pipeline would go. Uh -huh. So that was I saw a crowdfunding effort yeah. on that um, a couple of months back, which I thought was like. How cool yeah. an idea the, the, is that? The people organizing on that in Nebraska are, are pretty clever. Yeah, they had that bold Nebraska movement. Yeah, and, that's and when yeah, they had the yeah, cowboy. Yeah. They, they called it the Cowboys and Indians movement, right? And they yeah, I, I, yeah, I haven't watched. I don't watch all the details of it, but it's, I'm trying to remember the woman's first name. Her last name is Clabe. Oh, um, yeah. She's married to like a state senator. Yeah, I was just reading um, about her yesterday. But yeah, actually, but yeah, but they've they've John done they've done they've done an impressive job of organizing there. Mm -hmm. mm. So that's kind of the last stand. Uh, I think the last holdout against. So I'm hoping well, they can they can. Yeah, or it might be that their financing has evaporated too. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. The financing for Trans Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually another thing, question I wanted to um, to ask uh, before we jump onto the, I guess the solution. What about financing? Financing must be a big issue for uh, climate change and and trying to find money to to go to like events to you know yes. help help. You know, like yeah. If any of your uh, listeners want to donate, <laughs> we would love that. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully. I mean, we're up against the most corporations. Profitable, yeah, we're up yeah. against like the oil companies yeah. and the it's fossil like, fuel companies, the most you know wealthy corporations yeah. in the world. I so, mean, you're, I can only imagine like when you're battling when you're battling like smokers and cancer. You know, like you had the biggest corporations mm -hmm. basically Philip having Morris, yeah, yeah, basically mm -hmm. fighting back. And then, you know, when NFL was fighting against the concussion issues, you had the big one of the biggest corporations, the richest men in the world, fighting back. How can you beat that? You can only beat it by advocating and showing... By building it. a mass movement. Yeah, a mass movement. And it's really hard. I mean, it's, it's really hard, and it's really hard to be staying active, right? Because you can volunteer like a month and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. And the next month, you're just like, ah, oh, so much work. Well, yeah. you have to pace yourself. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it is? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And not let yourself get burned out. Right. Um, so we have to look after ourselves as volunteers. And uh, Yeah. But you know what? Any one individual doesn't have to do it all. We can all work yeah, together. Team. And if everybody does a little bit, I mean, I, yeah. I honestly think we all have time to do a little bit. A little bit. You know, we, yeah. and if we all did a little bit. And actually, it was it something that's kind of hopeful is that I've read that... Um, some study has claims that if we could just get 3.5% of the population, you know, up in arms about this and, you know, really wanting action, we could get change. Um, apparently somebody did a study on that. And yeah. so, so we don't need everybody and there's no point in, you know, some people are just, they're climate de deniers for whatever reason, you know, either the, maybe the disinformation campaign of the fossil fuel industry has, you know, yeah. they're believing it. They're falling for that hook, line, and sinker. Um, but we don't. We need to not waste our time trying to persuade people who just, you know, if they haven't been reasoned into their position, we're not going to use reason. We won't be able right. to use reason to, you know, get them to change their mind. So we need to work with what we have. The people who, you know, listen to science and um, and we need to get out there on the, you know, on the streets. We need to go to um, our city council meetings whenever they're talking about anything right. to do with climate change. I mean, there's so much we can do at the local level. Okay, at the federal level here in the U.S. at the moment, it's, 
you know, it's bad. But yeah. there's rough. lots. Yeah, it's a little rough. But um, there's lots we can do at the state level and the local level. And San Diego 350 is doing a lot here in San Diego. Yeah. So tell us a little bit like uh, some events that you guys have and some of the solutions that we can do locally <gasps> to help out mm-hmm. with uh, San Diego 350. Yeah. And I should mention also for, I know a lot of your listeners are not in San Diego. So right. um, there are lots of other organizations out there doing great work. Um, there's Citizens Climate Lobby. We actually, we have a coalition team and we work with Environmental Health Coalition. We work with Climate Action Campaign. We work with Sierra Club. Lots of different partners um, because we really need to band together. And we, right. we work on social justice issues too. So, um, but I wanted to mention that um, for those listeners um, who don't live here in San Diego, um, they might want to check the 350.org website um, to see if there is, you know, a a branch, if you like, in their area, because 350.org is all over the world. In in fact, uh, that's how I found the San Diego branch. Okay. Oh, okay. So you were, you had a, you had an LA branch that you were with as well? Oh no. So I was, uh, actually LA was a long time ago. So I, 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 yeah, so I, I actually, this is, this is my... Six months ago, this was sort of my first dive into any kind of activism. Oh, okay. So, you know, apart from, you know, donating money to different groups here and there, like, um, this is the first thing I've actually shown up for meetings for. Nice. Um, So what locally right now can we do Um, as far as what events do you guys have coming up? Um, You know, just... Here in San Diego? Yeah. Well, here in San Diego, we're working um, on climate action plans. Um, A lot of the, um, the jurisdictions, there's about 18 different jurisdictions within San Diego County. Um, it's it's really it's one of the biggest counties in, in the U.S. I guess, and uh, so like I for instance live in La Mesa, and La Mesa is is working on its first um, draft of its climate action plan, and it's they've been working on it since 2014, believe it or not. Okay. <laughs> and it still hasn't been adopted. It's still in draft form. They're now on their third draft, and we keep going to council meetings and uh, you know saying it's got to be stronger. We got to have a goal of 100% clean energy, and um, so. Um, yeah, so people can find out um, what's going on in their own city yep. um, as far as their climate action plan, how far along it is, whether it's already been adopted, and if it has been adopted, you know, um, are they following what's in the plan? It's one thing drafting a plan, it's another thing following the plan, right? right. So we got to, you know, hold their feet to the fire, make sure these are being, you know, the plans yeah. are being followed, and... Um, so, so another thing we're working on is community choice energy. I don't know if you've heard of that. No, I was gonna, um, well, let's go back one more okay. step. So <clears throat> to follow the, was it clean energy plan? Climate action plan. Climate action yeah. plan. So like, let's say I live right here. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I, f- I just look up on the website. So this is considered city of San Diego mm-hmm. here, right? Yeah. So the city of San Diego actually has a really pretty good climate action plan. Okay. It's pretty groundbreaking. And um, they have a goal of 100% clean energy, uh-huh. um, which is really cool. And um, so their climate action plan, I think, was adopted in um, 2015, late 2015. Okay. And um, so one of the things, so, you know, you live in San Diego, so um, you could talk to your representative, make sure that they're, um, I'm not sure what district you're, you live in, but find out. That's that's one thing. Always know who your representatives are okay. and make sure they're voting on the, you know, voting the right way on when issues related to the climate action plan or climate in general come up, okay. you know, um, issues related to transit, anything mm, like that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Where, so. where, wherever you are, the most important thing is to let your elected officials know what you care about. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, um, so like taking transit, Making sure that we have like solar panels on our, our most of our roofs and yeah. stuff like that. Things like that. Well, things like taking transit, um, absolutely. Try to take transit. Um, 
I have a whole list here, 13 things that we can do as individuals, but, but, um, growing more trees. Yeah. Trees. That's one. Yeah. Of them. And actually, I don't think I even listed that, but that's absolutely one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, but the thing is we can take individual actions, but there are certain things that we need systemic change. We need policy change in order to really make a difference. Like for okay. instance, you might say, okay, I really don't want to be driving everywhere. I want to use public transit. Well, how can you if there's no public transit in your neighborhood, right? right? So for that, you know, you need to band together with others and go to council, go to, you know, in, in this case, it would be SANDAG, San Diego Association of Governments, uh -huh. that does the regional uh, transportation planning. So, um, yeah, so there's certain things um, you can do on an ind individual level, but other things, you know, we need to collectively work together gotcha. and okay. really get involved. And that's where an organization like San Diego 350 can help out. Um, and for listeners who are, are in an area where there isn't a already a 350 group, um, I actually have the, you can contact Masada Diesenhaus. She's one of our most active volunteers. And she also happens to work for 350.org as their North American coordinator. Okay. So um, people, listeners can email her and she will, you know, if they want to actually start a group, she'll help them do that. Wow, that's, all, so, that's pretty yeah. awesome. And she's at masada at 350.org. I can spell that out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, I was going to ask you, because um, you, you said you had 13 uh, things yeah. listed down. Um, read off five, but... Five? Um, <laughs> but I was going to ask you, because um, once we post the... the um, we, this is going to go up on Wednesday uh, on the podcast, but we can also post a document of, like, just information. Oh, okay. Yeah, if, that, if that's okay with you. Yeah. That's something that we can... Yeah. You know, people can just kind of read, because okay. they can't see everything you guys are seeing, but... Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's good for listeners to, to take a look at. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, let's go over the list. Okay. So you wanted me to read just five? Yeah. Let's, or, let's or, go. or 13 really fast. Okay, 13 really fast. <laughs> okay, I have drive less, carpool, use public transit, use active transportation, which means like bicycling and walking, um, well. save water, um, eat less meat and dairy, um, especially less lamb and beef, conserve electricity and gas, um, reduce... Uh, reduce, reduce, reuse, recycle, uh, compost, um, move money out of banks, move your money out of banks that are investing in fossil fuels. Okay. Um, so that's a big one. Let me, let's stop there. Mm -hmm. What does is, what is that uh, pertain to? Like, who are some of the top three banks? Okay, so most of the, all your big all banks, your, all pretty your big much. Banks. Well, Fargo. Like, I, I just Bank moved my money. I'm sorry I didn't do it years ago. Yeah. I've been banking with, I had been banking with, with Wells Fargo for years and years. Oh, yeah. And, but I also had a credit, um, credit union account and this year I finally did you know it was it's not super easy I mean yeah. there's a lot of stuff you have to do but I finally did it and I'm yeah. so happy that I did yeah I'm, I'm all I've been with a credit union only for like ever um just because I worked that one but that's you know oh, okay. but uh the you know yeah big banks are just bad organizations I think mm -hmm. anyway keep going uh let's see um same you know with your pension funds try to make sure you know right. you know what you're and, if, and take pension. that money out if you can. I mean, it's not always possible, I know. But um, donate to groups that work to combat climate change. Um, and really important, vote only for those people who vow to take action on climate change. Make sure you know where, you know, yeah, the people, stand. representatives yeah. stand. Yeah. And, and, you know, and make sure they know where you stand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make sure they know you're not going to vote for them if they don't how's support that, climate change. How's the pineapple? Not as good as beef. Yeah. <laughs> I think like nine of those things were like, oh, no, well, I was kidding. Um. So th those are things that you, that be people can do as individuals. And then I have a list of things that system level stuff. I'm not sure if it's... Uh, yeah, I'd I just like threw to this that. together. Um, so get involved in helping out at the local level. 
um, if there's a, an organization in your, your, your locality working on climate change, get involved. I guess I mentioned that earlier. Uh, I mentioned check out 350.org, the website, to see if there's a group in your area. I mentioned that, I guess. Um, and uh, make your voice heard. Um, so you can like write letters to your local media outlets, you know, write to the Union Tribune, letters to the editor. Um, you know, don't be afraid to contact your elected representatives. You know, call or email or yeah. um, show up to city council meetings um, when climate-related issues are on the agenda and, yeah. you know, speak out. So just basically be a good person and get involved. That's, that's <laughs> I mean, which, I mean, that kind of only happened for me at like, I don't know, 32, 33. Because, I mean, I kind of like just went, you go to your 20s just like, and then like 30 hits, you're like, man, I suck. I don't do nothing yeah, for the but, society. Yeah, you start to, you start to notice get, more of the outside world. Yeah, you right? like, like, like everyone's doing things. I just suck. I'm just sitting here like putting a bottle in a recycling bin, and that's about my my contribu contribution to uh, society. Yeah, I don't know. I I just like what I seen when I went back home. It, it was nuts. It, it drove me crazy. Yeah, you know. And I was thinking, like, what could I do to help? Yeah, you know, I recycle more now. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like I just, I think that it was that one documentary where they showed like the, the island of plastic, and oh, I was just yeah. like, oh yeah, I was like, oh my god, it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah it's gross. Yeah. And and, well, we were watching a documentary today, and it was like, yeah, the whole island, yeah, the whole island was just a bunch of trash right? on the beach. And that's another thing that too. Was it was crazy. like, um, we recycle a lot. I think I feel like California is getting a lot better about their, at least San Diego, yeah, uh, about the recycling. We're we're taking a lot mm -hmm. more care. Uh, but I've seen something like in Europe where they had they make people do their own recycling. They like have to separate it. Mm -hmm. and they have to like drive it to um, drive it to the recycle place, and they have to drop it all off. I was like, wow, now that's a recycling system right there. Yeah. And then you look at the islands, and the islands are just like there's plastic bottles everywhere. There's broken glass in Samoa, like because I, I went to Samoa 2008, and the glass was just riddled with broken glass, and I was like. What are you guys doing out here? Why are you destroying your beaches? Yeah. And they're like, well, it's just how it is. I was like, that's not how it is. Don't do that. That's horrible. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, don't, don't kids don't can't walk out there. Yeah. yeah and no, see, they were. Like, yeah. big, ass, big ass, like, I was like, look, what's the bottom of your feet look like? Well, like yeah. Sandpaper. Then they got the calluses, like, yeah, the, yeah, like, like, thick as slippers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your, your feet shouldn't look like that. Just FYI. <laughs> Put lotion on that. That's yeah, disgusting. and see, like, um, Pacific Islanders that are now in the U.S. mainland or anywhere else other than the islands, what you do, it, it sends out a lot of signals. If you are a Pacific Islander and you don't recycle, then it says a lot. Right. You know, we should be the ones that are doing all this because it's we are the first victim yeah, of climate change. Yeah. And those are some of the challenges on the islands. Like, no matter how many solar panels, solar grids, whatever renewable energy we are uh, converting to use, it's still like the smallest percent of, because we don't emit a lot of carbon. Mm. But it's the developed nations that are emitting carbon right. and it's causing this global warming. So the unfortunate thing is that uh, while we do not contribute, we are the first yeah. victims. So uh, wherever the listeners are, um, it, it's really good to, when you go to the park or even at your home, have a, you know, be get used to recycling. Yeah, no, yeah. that's where it yeah. should start, though, yeah. at yeah. home also. It should, yeah, it definitely yeah. starts at home. Everything starts at home. Yeah. 
uh, you know, the way you treat um, your house is the way you treat you kind of the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, pick up stuff and, yeah, throw it away. Like, I drove by my son's school, I don't know, like a month ago, and there was a bunch of beer bottles outside of my, friend's, my, my son's school. And I was like, what the... Stop going out there. No, like, all these parents are just driving by, just, like, dropping off beer bottles, just letting this happen. So I pick, pulled over the car, picked it all up, put it back in the truck, went to go throw it away. And I drove away, I was like, shit, I'm that guy now. <laughs> I'm, that guy. I'm that guy now. You know, it's like, all right, well, that's who I am. That's what I got to do. Um, so what about the islands, uh, Shanti? Do you know anything, what we can do back home? Obviously, recycling and try to take care of our beaches and stuff like that, but... Are there any organizations out there that they can get a part of um, as well? So, like, uh, I was mentioning earlier, like, you think you're not doing a lot while you're doing your podcast, but this is doing a lot Mm -hmm. because... The voice is one of the biggest thing we can do. Uh, Not a lot of people know what impacts climate change has done to the islands. Uh So like this, these are some of the, the actions that will really help. You know, like I was saying earlier, I, there are a lot of people that are in the rightful position to be talking, you know, in doing this, but being that I'm here and I can't do much back home, these are opportunities that we should do, you know? Mm. Uh, if we can be a voice, be a voice. So, um, like, but efforts that are done back home, uh, like I mentioned earlier, are really a lot of the environmental organizations. There are a lot of women groups that are really becoming voices and pushing youths to also go to these venues and talk about their experiences because that carries a lot of weight. You know, you're not saying, okay, in the next 15 years, this is what's going to happen. Today, I woke up and this is what happened to my house. So those are reality. And and they go and they talk about it. And it it actually does something more powerful than, you know, uh, I'm not saying that the numbers don't say much, but when you talk about a story that you're living right now, that is something. Well, and also the the, the point of the numbers is, right, the numbers wouldn't matter if it wasn't, how people's lives are going to be, right? This is this is, yeah. this, this is entirely a question of what people's lives are going to be like. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And, and the numbers, it's really, they all work together. You know, it's like when when you work as a team, This when you talk about Islanders saying their stories and you have statistics, all these things, they go together and they, they actually become more powerful when you use them together. Right. So uh, especially like for people that believe in statistics and numbers, that's what they want to see. So right. they all are very powerful materials. Right. So yeah, um, you will be very amazed if you like go climate change. You will see a lot of Pacific Islanders' faces right. at the forefront. Like uh, this um, very young poet that I mentioned earlier from the Marshall Islands. She went and joined this uh, marching in New York. And that was, I think, was the biggest march, climate march ever. Yeah, the People's Climate March. And these are some, people will think that their voices are just a little something small, but they they carry weight, especially in this technological um, era. You know, you say something on media and there, even if you uh, actually persuade one or two persons, that, that, that's you're doing something yeah Yeah. so i I, i'm really appreciative of this uh opportunity to you know sit here and um talk as uh an islander Uh, i mean we appreciate it because i mean like i said we we don't know it all 
You know, I mean, we, we don't know. This is a conversation we do have. It's like, why, why aren't the fish as, as you know, abundant as they used to be? Why is... Right. I mean, you can Our see it here. Our dying. Yeah. They're bleaching yeah. out. I mean, yeah, you can yeah. see, you well, can see it and we're here in San Diego. a lot more silk killing, like, our roofs and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, you can see right. it in San Diego. In San Diego, the 80s, you could catch, I mean, yellowtail right off yeah, the shore. the water was clear. Yeah, and the water was clear, <laughs> which is not clear anymore. No. Um, and then, you know, you don't have albacore here, here, here no more. And there's a yeah. reason, there has to be a reason for that, you know. Um, and, like, I can see the difference, um, you know, in Hawaii. You know, it's just... It's just everything's a little bit different. Some things are gone and they're just not there and you can't explain it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think um, one of the challenges of climate change is it, it looks like a lot of disconnected local problems to, to different people in different places. And it's, mm-hmm. it's takes some effort to sort of spot that it's part of a larger pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the thing too is you have to sell it, right? Like you kind of sometimes you have to sell it to people. Like, like hey, our beach is gone. Yeah, dude, it's, it'll be back. It's just really high tide again. Yeah, yeah and that's that's, For the last that's five another years? crazy thing though. <laughs> they're having, like, uh, they're calling them king high tides now, mm. that are just like they're taking away islands, man. I mean, like islands are like yeah. sinking. They're, they're, they're I was just looking too, at that some... stuff today, and that's mm. crazy. Yeah, it's, it's Florida, right? People are moving. Tides. Yeah, mm. and people have to move because they have nowhere to live anymore. Yeah. Yeah, like we were talking about the Maldives a little bit earlier yeah. off off the podcast, mm. and I mean, there's a documentary out there, and the, the whole island's getting swallowed up. Yeah, uh, Shanti was telling me that they basically designated a place in Fiji for them, right? For or, Kiribati, or yeah, Kiribati. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hey, it's just, I don't know, man. One thing, if I might jump in, I just yeah. want to make sure that listeners understand that this is a really urgent problem. Time is really running out. Yeah. Because if we don't act on this soon, we're going to hit some major tipping points beyond which, you know, our chances of addressing this problem are yeah. pretty much yeah. gone. So that's, yeah, so that's, yeah, so that's important. So that, well, I want to let you finish. But, you know, so the, the, you know, the, amount, the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is basically the, the temperature control knob for the Earth. And it's easy to turn up if you just keep burning lots of coal, but it doesn't. There's no way to turn it down. Right. And naturally, if and naturally it'll go down, but it'll take ten thousand years. Yeah. It's not so, like and, and it's so not like sort of, boiling water. Yeah. So we're sort yeah. of like the next fifteen years is probably the 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 window of time of like where we where we could avoid turning it up to a point where there are really the worst consequences. Yeah. Now, so now, question: Is there a way to repair it besides you know after damage is already done right now? Yeah. So is no there, one, no one, no one, no, no one knows how to do that. Yeah. So there's right. So the because the challenge is right. We we burn this carbon dioxide. It goes into the atmosphere. We're turning up the we're turning up the, right. the, the the temperature control knob, and we don't have a way to turn it down. Like no one no one knows a way to pull that much carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So once it's in, all you can do is wait for basically wait for it to all get dissolved dissolved the, in the deep ocean in the deep oceans, and that and that takes that takes thousands of years. Right. So it's pretty much. Um, you know, we kind of have to, if you want to avoid trouble, we kind of have to stop and let the earth take care of it for 10,000 years. We have so, to keep fossil fuels yeah, in the ground. We yeah. really, that's what we have to do. We yeah. have to stop, you know, oil being extracted and yeah, and coal. Yeah. And that actually, I wanted to um, mention, I think one of the really um, inspirational things to come out of the Pacific was the, yeah. um, there's actually a 350 Pacific. Um, oh, there and, is. Yeah, there oh, okay. is. And, um, I think theirs is mainly a, a youth movement, and um, they had some really cool um, initiatives back in. Um, so Australia has a bad, really bad record for um, 
extracting coal. They're still a big coal producer. And um, so the biggest coal port in the world is Newcastle, Australia. So these, um, they call themselves the Pacific Climate Warriors. They came in their dugouts and it was very sort of much, you know, David against Goliath, um, Goliath um, sort of a very um, inspirational. They, you know, they, in their little, you can see it in the photograph of, over there, yeah. um, in their little dugout canoes, they were going up against these huge container ships full of coal. <laughs> and, you know, obviously they, they only stopped it for about a day, but yeah. I mean, it was just, it really grabbed the attention of people around the world. And um, there was a similar thing um, when uh, Shell Oil wanted to drill in the Arctic, I think it was, was that last year? Um, some, um, they were, so they were getting ready to bring their, their drilling rigs out up to the Arctic and they were leaving from Seattle. And these, uh, they call them kayaktivists because they're activists in kayaks. They stopped. <laughs> They essentially really? delayed things so much that it, you know, and created such a media furore that um, they couldn't, that they, they ended wow. up pulling out. So, you know, <laughs> there are things that we can do. And um, sometimes yeah. it takes, guts. you know, some guts. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I find that really quite inspirational, what yeah, those guys um, did. In we're going to take a picture of this and we'll, we'll um, you don't have to have it on that PDF format, do you? I think I do. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll definitely post. There's a couple of things that Angela brought. Um, We'll, we'll take some uh, snaps of them. And uh, I really like the, um, uh, that poster. I don't know if I'm going to mm. call it poster. Poster, um, yeah. But it, I, she brought it to PIFA. And um, I do like the messages sent. So we'll, we'll definitely post that with the, with the episode this Wednesday. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think that's, uh, that was a lot to take in. <laughs> that, that's about. And we um, never got to the 350. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The 350. <laughs> Let's, let's close okay. yeah. I'm going to explain that real quick. That so, okay. the, so, the, so, I, so I mentioned that the, the, the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is basically the Earth's uh, temperature control knob. So you know, what happens is sunlight comes in and it heats the, heats the ground, and then the ground warms up, and the ground glows. And okay. you can't see it because it's infrared, right? But like you know, night vision goggles, they see the infrared that your eyes can't see. Right. So the ground glows, and if there was no atmosphere, the, uh, that radiation would just go out into space. And so... Eventually, there would just be a balance that the same amount comes in as goes out. And this is a homework problem I give my students. Okay. Is what, 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 if, it's, if, it, if that's Are all you giving me homework right now? Because I'm not going to figure yeah, this out. I'm not going to give you homework. I, okay. I can work it out in five minutes. But it's um, <laughs> like the math of it is pretty simple once you know the physics of it. But, it's, um, so, but you can calculate like what should be the temperature of the Earth. If it's just like the sunlight comes in, the Earth heats up, it radiates that same, that same energy back out. And that temperature is about five degrees below zero. And the reason it isn't five degrees below zero is we have this blanket of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. And so, you know, and, and a blanket, it's warmer if you have more layers or if it's thicker. So, the, so the, the, the blanket of carbon dioxide we've had in the atmosphere for the last, basically the, the 10,000 years that humans have had agriculture and towns um, has been about 350, like 300, 350 uh, molecules of carbon dioxide for every million molecules of of other stuff, right? The air, the air is mostly oxygen and nitrogen. But so, so before humans started burning all this coal, or a little bit after we, we got going with it, it was about 350 parts per million, 350 molecules of carbon dioxide for every million molecules in the atmosphere. So that's the, that's the 350 here. So the thing is, humans now have been turning up the knob, and we're now at about 410. Holy shit. So the 350 is considered the, the level above which we shouldn't right. be if we want to preserve a livable, livable planet. For oh, ourselves and our kids, yeah. and yeah, 
At first, it was like, like oh, there's a big math problem here, Ken. Like, yeah. <laughs> tone it down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, explain me in, uh, like, shots or something. Um, but that's, yeah. uh, so 350 is where we should be. Or we should, we, we shouldn't sh- be above that. We should not be above that. That, that yeah. is our threshold point. Yeah, three, uh, 350, you know, right? 350 is the, like, all the crops that we grow, the kinds of fish that we eat, the places where we get the fish. Right. Where we build our towns, all of that is 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 built on the climate we have now. Okay. We've we built we've we built what we have based on where the food is mm. and where the water is. Kind of like you and, were explaining with yeah. the taro, with the salt. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And then so now we're at four ten. Mm-hmm. And it's going up about two parts per million every year. Holy cow! So yeah, and we've got to try to keep the temperature rise to um, well, the Paris Agreement says mm. two degrees, but really for it's one point five. I think that's one, their target. For one point, yeah. we really should. You know, not allowing mm-hmm. to get above 1.5 um, increase. Damn. That's that's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And well, and, 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 and it's already gone 0.8. Man, so, that's and so crazy. this is also, and then okay, so this is going to go a little bit longer than I wanted. It's okay. <laughs> um, my fault. So this is no, it's all good. Um, so with the Maldives, with the, the thing we were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. um, he was trying to get to an agreement with all these um, these nations who are pushing out a lot of um, greenhouse gases. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so there was like China he wanted to bring down, he wanted um, Europe to also bring down, he wanted America to bring down their, yeah, their use, so that's, right? Yeah, so that's the Paris Agreement, some parts of the Paris Agreement. And some people have not like... Some countries, uh, countries they're, they're making commitments to um, reduce and stay at a level and that's really the commitment that was um, uh, that's part of the Paris Agreement, which as you may have known, the U.S. actually pulled out right yeah. right right so and we're the only country that um the, oh, so i think there's 196 yes that have signed on to it and we it was the finally su- finalized last year if you f- were following mm-hmm. by obama because this is a really big push right. by and and u.s was really like um championing mm-hmm. the the climate uh, the paris agreement right, right, and then it was finalized and then um unfortunately um this happened wow so, yeah, I guess it's pretty interesting at Bonn this year. So mm-hmm. uh, Shanti was talking about the um, the COP23. So that's yeah. that's essentially a UN climate change right, conference right, right. that I guess this is the 23rd annual yes. one. And um, so, yeah, this year, um, I guess the federal, you know, the U.S., at the federal level, they sent a delegation and it was trying to defend, you know, coal and, <laughs> yeah. you know, the extraction of coal and everything. I guess I saw a video about what happened. They were having a their little um, meeting in, in this room and uh, two thirds of the room stood up and started, you know, protesting, saying, you know, it's basically BS. Yeah. You know, we cannot keep burning coal and, uh, they, and they walked out. So <laughs> two thirds wow. of the people left the room. But see, there's but, still uh, hope. There is still hope because uh, I was uh, actually fortunate to be um, at the UN when the when uh, the US officially pulled out and the reaction from the General Assembly with all the 190, 190 some leaders, uh, it was really inspiring to see when um, the US officially pulled out, you have all these other developed countries that says, we can still do this, you know. So there are still a lot of commitments at the at 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 the highest level. Yeah, and uh, those, that's really hopeful to hear. It, it is, know? it is, yeah. and so it gives you um um it it's great that people uh, other countries while they are not suffering the way island people are, right. they they 
they're doing it for their kids, for the future generation after another. So yeah, it's very, um, it's inspiring to to see. And I, I'm very grateful to be in California because they're very strong on this issue uh, on climate change. Nice. So yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's actually pretty inspiring. Um, before we sign off, um, give us some of the um, the websites okay. um, that we want to, we should be checking out okay. as a, and also our listeners should be checking out. Okay. Um, just so, read them off. I'm going to link them in anyway. Yeah, but. so locally, San Diego 350org Yep. Um, for the Pacific, I guess, 350 Pacific, and I admit to not knowing a whole lot about 350 Pacific, you know, their yeah. organization, but, uh, um, and then there is um, 350.org, of course, as well. Yes. Um, so, I, and I believe on that website, there's a, a map of all Link the different groups, yeah, awesome. around, around the world. And, yeah. Okay. Um, so. What about, uh, Ken, do you have any links you want, want people to check out? Uh, I should have come prepared with that. I don't. I don't have anything off the, off the top of my head. Well, I would think uh, the Union of Concerned Consi- yeah. Concerned yeah. Scientists. Union is of great. Con- yeah, Union of, Con- Union of Concerned Scientists has a very good website. I'm a member of the Union of Concerned Scientists. Uh, oh. They do. They do. They do. They do really good uh, policy advocacy on subjects that involve science. They have. They. They really do. They really do serious scientific anal- analysis and. Um, you know, some analysis that they do, you can trust. It's not someone that's working from an agenda and kind of cooking the statistics. Right, right, right. It's people who are really, I mean, you know, they have, you know, a, we have a point of view of what would be, you know, what society should look like, but the science analysis is not, the science analysis is meant to be truthful, and then once you've figured out the truth, then you can figure out what to do. So they, they have regular analysis, and they have a website that explains things very well. Okay. That's awesome. I yeah, didn't know that. That's a, yeah, that's a very good one. That's like then, a... Yeah, like, because you always, like, have these statistics, right? But then it's, like, a privatized <clears throat> statistic. And you're like, you son of a bitch. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> anything, anything, yeah, anything that involves, yeah, anything that involves science and public policy, just about anything that involves science and public policy, you need to concern science. So, so that website is called UC, is, is UC, yeah, UCSUSA.org. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so it's a lot of, uh, um, yeah, it has, it has a lot of, it has a lot of, you know, nuclear energy, uh, food security, wow. uh, nuclear weapons, but but climate change is a big is a big part of it. That's cool, and especially yeah. because there's so much. We talked before about um, you know the large corporate interests. So there is a, there has been a lot of money spent to misinform people, and oh, so it's yeah. really hard. Sure. To, it's really yeah, hard. Yeah. It's really hard to figure out what's a, what's a reliable source of information, and, exactly. and the UCS is one of those. So. That's cool. That's good to know. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna check that website out. If it's just like something I can look at. Oh yeah. No, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's, you know, a, it's, a well design, it's, a, it's a well-designed website too, so yeah. easy to find stuff. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so uh, mm-hmm. if we could get that link, we'll just send that over as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shanti, you have any uh, websites? If I can recommend, uh, if you can just maybe Google uh, Pacific Climate Change Advocates or even look up the poem by Kathy or Yolanda Mori. These are Pacific Islanders that are going to all these venues too, and they're poets. Okay. And they're really powerful uh, poems that talks about um, the the poem by Kathy is really she wrote she wrote a poem to her daughter of how they will fight, you know. So it's it's good to have the Islanders in the states at least look those up and watch it because they're really powerful. Okay. So I'll try to give you their names yeah. and maybe give me you the links. Can, yes, I can, yeah. I can the links, links too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is uh, probably one of the more educational. Um, Episodes for sure. Yes. Um, with Uncle Mario's and a couple other people <laughs> like Joseph's, um, the president of PIFA, for sure. You oh, know, so um, you know we try to throw all the links out there, and like I said, it's a lot to intake in, in one session. You know, so 
I hope you guys come back, and we definitely would love you guys back. I'd be happy to come um, back. Yeah. yeah, you know, a couple couple I'm months, and um, uh, yeah, you know, like I don't think uh, I don't think it's ever going to be a bad thing to talk about what what's out there, and that's the thing too is the conversation needs to be had. Mm-hmm. Oh, we yeah. can't hide it in our Pacific Islands. You can't no, just sit there yeah. and, and be like just oh, well, and just let it bypass us. Yeah, because you know? that, well, by the time it bypasses us, it's going to be ten years later, and you know, yeah. then we're going to be in a shit storm. I still want someone to fight you. Yeah, that's another thing too, yeah. I still want a to fight you. With that being said, we're going to head out of here. Thank you guys for coming on today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. All right, and we out of here. Well, me and you, we did it. <laughs> Escalators. <laughs> yes, shoots.